0: podcast, your number one show for everything guitar. Hello, everybody. We are live. It is episode number 76 of the guitar stories podcast. I'm Andy Ferris. And I'm here with Dr. Dan. Hey, Dan. Hey, Andy. Hello, everyone out
1: there. Today I'm streaming not from the showroom. Because I'm at home. This is the green room, basically. Yeah.
0: It's lovely. Uh, What what did you say You, you pointed at something earlier and said, Can I see that was it something important there? It's it's the I just children's see your
1: piano. You only see my. Arm. Oh
0: yes, the children's piano from last episode. <laughs> it's I, so much more than a children's piano. It's It's, a so much, it's actually device. a pick of the week winner. It is right. <laughs> we we should get those stickers printed. I'm sure brands and products would love to have pick of the week stickers, <laughs> along with I their see. five star reviews from wherever <laughs> and whomever. <laughs> that would be lovely, yeah. I'm back in Austria. We're in separate rooms. So last week we were in the same room in your lovely showroom and mm-hmm. now I'm far away, which is sad, but also happy. Yeah, it uh, was I a miss great being time in the same room. It well, was a great show. I believe I haven't listened to it back. Um <laughs> But I, I, I believe there were great parts and Jem uh, was a great guest. Yeah. And we have another great guest tonight. We have Mr. Warren Hewitt, all the way from Los Angeles is uh, gonna tune in with us in a little bit. Yeah. And um Warren says he can hear a delay of the conversation going on. Maybe Warren, you've got your YouTube um, viewing thing open as well. So you need to mute the video. Uh, hopefully that works. I mean, Warren's got a huge team. I'm sure they'll, they'll fix that for him. Um, yeah. Also, it's the first time I, I'm seeing a private chat in this restream thing that we used to do the podcast. The first time someone's used that in quite a while. It scared me. <laughs> <laughs> what is that popping up in my face? Someone um, took it yeah. Yeah, so we've got some guitar news some quite big guitar news that I've been dying to talk to you about for about four days now, Dan. Mm then we'll do gear picks. And then we'll, of course, talk to the man himself, Warren. Uh, I don't know if we have any kind of introduction for Warren, because does he need one?
1: No, I think he's one of the one of the guests that that basically should be known like everywhere in our circles, right? I mean I believe so. yeah I was surprised I, I didn't even know that he was living in, in LA. Uh, I thought he's like I don't know somewhere in the UK but knowing that he lives in California and uh, yeah I mean knowing his, 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 his big like his body of work is just incredible and you know I think he also a couple of years ago he received the NAM award, the tech award for, for the website and all that stuff so we, we can talk about that later. I think he's one of the most renowned people in our industry. And he's also a guitar player. And he had a guitar in his hand shortly before yeah. we kicked him out for the introduction.
0: <laughs> he's actually a really good guitar player. He's frustratingly good. One of those people that probably doesn't yeah. practice was just really good. Yeah, yeah. But we'll find out in a minute. He probably should...
1: sings like an angel and plays guitar like Van Halen or Eddie Munson.
0: Oh, nice. That's a name that we should drop early on in the show. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, spoilers. If you haven't seen Stranger Things, we're going to talk about Stranger Things in this show uh that's the thing that i've been dying to talk to dan about so <laughs> uh, i guess without further faffing around and further ado we should bring in mr warren hewitt so warren welcome to the show that thank you much so much fun. for joining us i know you're a very very busy man uh sehr beschäftigt, as you might say
2: like yourselves what what is what is dr dan a doctor uh off? international management
1: so international sorry. management no
2: so you have a, there is such a thing as a phd in international management yeah
1: yeah so um, yeah. yeah congratulations <laughs> actually my my thesis was about corrupt, culture and corruption so i was calculating cultural oh, wow. uh, discrepancies and you know correlated them to see if there's if there are certain cultural dimensions that correlate with uh, corrupt behaviors yeah and that was so was pretty intriguing to wow. determine factors that mm-hmm. uh, you know, create a, create a tendency of people you know coping with whatever they have to deal with but um, acting acting cor- highly corrupt because they just you know they struggle with something you know un- like uncertainty avoidance for instance if you're if, if you're a person that cannot deal uncertainty avoidance and you're pressured into a situation mm-hmm. let's say you don't get uh, get a permission to build your house or something un- unless you bribe an official then uh, it's highly likely that people will act corrupt even if they're like personal values do not reflect that
2: yeah oh, highly
1: interesting highly interesting
2: actually i do find it highly interesting i'm sure that's you know we can carry this off off there. and you're sitting <laughs> there cringing at the moment going what are you guys talking about no i'm reading the
0: comments people are asking if they can read dan's thesis somewhere yeah please uh, send it over
1: unfortunately it's in german but there are a couple of papers
0: out I, I i can post them somewhere you know? i'd like that i'd like that very much yep. So we're going to go into guitar news before we move on to gear and and chatting with Warren. And if you have any questions for Warren, if you're watching live or listening live somehow, then uh, keep them for just a little bit later. But uh, Dan, Stranger Things, Uh, spoiler alert for the second time. Yep. I... I sent you a message a few weeks ago where I predicted that I thought the guitar might be heavily involved in the final episode due to the music being the thing that saves people. Mm -hmm. So um, I can't remember what I wrote, but it was something like, um, I don't know. Does anyone here a Kate (laughs) Bush fan by any chance? Are you asking me? (laughs) (laughs) I've I've, I've only mentioned Kate Bush
2: in In like every it's usually either Queen or Kay Bush and in that order generally. But yeah, I mean, Hounds of Love, I've talked about like 10,000 times when it comes to videos. And we did a, we did an episode on Wuthering Heights over a year ago, which has got like half a million views. Um, We, we did, we did put up a Hounds of Love episode last week. Um, I will say though we were like late to the party. I wanted to do a really good video. So I just didn't want to do one of those kind of like streaming in, read the Wikipedia page kind of thing that, everybody else Mm. did to be really blunt so we we got um we got the original drummer who played on the album we got one of the two engineers and the guy that mixed the album and interviewed them it you know it's the video is doing okay but not as well as if we had jumped in like the day that went to number one and everything but i don't know you know that's sort of our philosophy anyway i'd rather have quality over quantity and all that stuff Mm. i'm a huge fan
0: good um so this week guitar might be brought back well it was brought back into the into the zeitgeist into the the main media by eddie munson the character playing a bc rich on the let me get this right on the roof of a caravan in the upside down is that fair to say Yep. which attracted a bunch of vampire bat like creatures (laughs) which why I wouldn't say it, it out loud sounds super weird, <laughs> but, but made sense in context. Um, yeah, I remember Dan, you, you wrote me about the BC rich months and months ago when it was announced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, um and we were a bit disappointed by the, the short amount of uh, airtime it got in the first episode. Yep. And then I, I remember writing to you said I think I think guitar is going to be in the last episode, I think that someone's gonna have to use music with the guitar to to do something i wasn't exactly sure what it was you're pretty close i think
1: i think they kind of dropped the ball a little bit too early because you know when i figured out that uh, the two models they offer they can kind of reflect the the upside down in the real world that's Mm. that's genius but you know with, with you know the guitar being kind of released i think even before the episode aired That kind of took away a little bit from it, but still one of the greatest scenes. And we just found out that uh, Metallica's bass player, Robert Trujillo's son, Ty actually played uh, some some updated lead parts on that, which is pretty wicked. I mean, he's probably more qualified to do that than a few others.
0: Absolutely. There's also the, the hand double that played in part for the actor that plays Eddie, and mm-hmm. I've reached out to him. His name's Aiden and see if we can get him on the show at some point. It would be great. Okay. Uh, I'd love to talk to him about his experiences. Um, But did, hang on. So when he played the guitar in the real world, is that a different guitar to the one that was in the upside down? Did it look different?
1: I don't know. I was, I was thinking it's like, because they have the crackle one and the black one that they were using these. Ah. I could, I could be wrong. It could be that it, they, they were both black, but either way, you know, it was still a know. pretty cool scene, and uh... how, how do you feel? Uh, shall we? Shall we already talk about the finale? And is that something that Warren uh, can relate to? Did you Did you check out Stranger Things? That's something that floats your boat.
2: Absolutely. I mean, we Andy and I were talking about this being a possibility to talk about. Um, what's been interesting is when the the, the the Kate Bush one up. Everybody sort of made this assumption that the only not everybody a lot of people made this assumption that just getting featured in an episode of a TV show makes it a hit mm-hmm. and I, I have very very strong opinions about that no the song has to be a hit you know what I mean it's people are like saying oh Master of Puppets is back in the charts because of Stranger Things yes it is but it's it's also a freaking amazing song mm-hmm. as is running up the hill there's yeah. lots of songs that get featured in lots of huge huge shows but they have to be really really good to connect um, but it, it has been has been interesting sort of like uh uh, navigating those comments um you know i I suppose people always want to have a they want to have a reason why you know right um, so
1: simple explanation
2: diminishing the artistry i think is what i'm trying to imply like it diminishes the artistry like it was just some lucky thing that that song was chosen um I mean, Running Up That Hill is a masterpiece, as so is, of course, Master of Puppets, both incredible songs. And uh, and I think that there's no accident. I think when you're choosing a song to be in a TV show, you're going to make sure it's an amazing song, but you're also going to choose a really famous, very successful song as well, if you can, if you can get clearance on it, because it will also mm-hmm. help your TV show. I mean, it's all, mm-hmm. everything's feeding each other. You know? Yeah. Hmm.
0: It's it's kind of like when uh, Wayne's World used Bohemian Rhapsody and Queen were on a bit of a, sure. a, a, a slum at that point in their career. They weren't exactly in the charts. And then it went right back up there again. Right. Bohemian Rhapsody is an amazing piece of music. So it wouldn't happen with just any old ditty.
2: Yeah, exactly. And 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 uh, Queen hadn't diminished in the rest of the world, their success. They were still selling millions and millions of albums every year. But in America, they'd had a um, a bit of a backlash, you know, um, from certain TV, MTV pulled the, pulled, a, you know, pulled a, um I Want to Break Free video because they were dressed,
1: mm-hmm. which is just
2: hilarious. Know. Consider where, no, Me you didn't either. know that. That's, yeah, I did some research on it and it's pretty, pretty hilarious um, because, you know, they were like, oh, we can't have men dressed as women on mainstream TV. And um, so they just stopped supporting the band. Um, yeah. And God bless Mike Myers, who of course is Canadian, um, where Queen didn't lose any momentum and was still huge, um, you know, put the song in the movie and yes, the rest is history. It rejuvenated their career in 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 the US. Um, but uh, we could go on many tangents here, Andy. You're going to have to we control I bit. mean, the show's only now in <laughs> Hollywood. Um,
0: but, but back to Eddie Munson. i just put the, the shot on the screen just to show him absolutely... I don't know. It just, it's one of the... Uh, the, the guy that played the hand double says it's one of the most iconic uh, scenes in guitar TV. Mm-hmm. And I hope that is true. I hope that that's true. But my favorite part, if you haven't seen Stranger Things, then we're going to stop talking about it in a moment. But the favorite part is when he's in the upside down and he puts the guitar on and then does whoosh, that with the yeah. strap. And, the guitar. <laughs> and I can't remember what he says, but the way he just aims, arms himself with the guitar. I'm like, oh, dude, that is... That is cool, especially with guitar as edgy as a as a BC Rich, right? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's dangerous. (laughs) And we we can actually buy them. I think the custom shops were around three thousand dollars, Dan, four thousand, and the standard is about eight nine nine. So technically, that should have been a pick of the week. Darn it! Yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh well, it's an honorary, Honorary mention. Yeah, mention. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, well, as I've said, pick of the week. We should choose and talk about our gear picks of the week. Um, Warren, will will be a gentle, gentleman, gentlefolk. Would you like to uh, go first, or second, or third?
2: I don't know. Uh, t- toss a coin and tell me. You're, you're the boss. Okay, you're I've, the got boss. A, I've got a
0: I've got a penny from 1929 here, so I will toss it and you you call it heads or tails Warren you remember the
2: old kids joke heads I win tails you lose yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll go with tails it is tails so you get to choose I'll go second okay then I will go first how's that Dan I'm gonna go be rude just because my my general's there so it's time for my pick of the week Pick of the week. My pick of the week this week is kind of like a guitar. It's like a guitar, but it's not a guitar. It's a bass guitar. No, but it is abs- It is but it's absolutely mind blowing. It's from Baum guitars. And it is the signature bass from the bass player from the gorillas, which um, it looks like this. And sorry, I'm going to get myself out of the way for a moment. Warren. There we go. Uh, it looks like this. It's called the Thunder bass um, from Shay Adelican. I think I'm pronouncing his name right there. But he's the guerrillas bassist and it's bright pink. It's got a matching pink headstock with gold hardware. That's sexy. Um, the promo shots are just pink everywhere. And I think BAM guitars have knocked it out of the park and they've done some really great (laughs) promo. um... Yeah. It's, it's got one pickup, uh, master tone, master volume. It's got a, a white lightning stripe or strike through it as a pick guard. That's pretty sexy. Um, and there's some great stuff on the BAM guitars website to, to hear it and, and see the interview, uh, with, with Shay. But, um, yeah, it absolutely rocks my world. And you know the rules of by of uh, the picks of the week is that whatever excites you the most in the past seven days. And for some reason, this week it's a bass. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to take a little look in the chat, see if I'm getting any any bass hate. <laughs> why? Why would people hate the bass?
2: Bass hate for talking about a bass?
0: Yeah, you know, uh,
1: we're we're also we're, so, we're guilty yeah, for that as good. well. Make a couple
2: of oh, jokes every uh, right now and then. Yeah. Oh. Um, no, it's absolutely it's, uh, it, it, it's gorgeous. I mean, um he's he's an incredible musician. Um so one of my childhood friends is Matt Butcher. And Matt is uh, been with Blur and Gorillas since um like the very early nineties. Um so he does front of house for them and pretty much I don't know, it, it's he, he's an incredible live sound man. If you've, have you guys ever seen the Gorillas live?
0: No, unfortunately
2: no. I've seen Blur live. Well, if you've seen Blur live, I mean, it's one of the best sounding shows you will ever see, and Gorillas live is just ridiculous. I can't remember. Matt told me there's like forty open mics at any one time on stage, because you know it's wow. the Gorillas, so they have like drama, percussions, background singers. Damon walking around, picking up acoustic guitars, ukuleles, playing pianos, toy pianos, whatever he wants to do at any time, you know, live guitar, live bass, everything, all these open mics going on all time. And the mix is insane. Plus all the track stuff, all the MPC stuff, everything that they do. It's an insane show. Plus visually, of course, it's incredible with cartoons and all, all, everything that they do. And um, I absolutely love the bass playing um, and um, yeah, I chatted with him uh, a little while ago and I, I want to interview him because I'm a huge fan of, of, uh, 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 of his bass playing and I actually always think of him as playing Eastwood. So it's good for Balm Guitars to have got in there and done something because he, uh, he plays those Eastwood basses live up, up until this point. Um, right. And mm-hmm. uh, um, so this is uh, very, very cool indeed. Well,
0: mm-hmm. Palm Guitars also have guitars. They have one called the Wingman, and that is also phenomenal. So, is that based based on that as well? Is it There it's is a bass. There is a bass. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I get it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, my pick of the week is a bass. So, I, I'm feeling pretty confident this week that I might have the best pick.
1: What What kind of pickups is he using? Is that some sort of active pickups or just like a? No, I'm not exactly not, sure. Right?
0: Um, I know that he wanted to keep it simple and let the instrument um the sound come from the player according to the you know the, the stuff that he's written online about it and there's an interview uh, on youtube with him um but uh, yeah everybody should follow him on instagram his instagram's fantastic
2: it's really really cool he's also um one of the most I'm trying to get it in focus one of the most stylish musicians ever in the history of stylish i mean ridiculous that that pink suit isn't isn't for the uh, the bass he is he, that's how he dresses. He's like ridiculously cool looking. I, I still love our rock stars that are rock stars, you know what I mean? I, uh, as yeah, much absolutely. as I love grunge and everything, I want a rock star to be a rock star, and and uh, yeah, he's definitely one of those. Um, yep. yeah, man, the bass okay, just well, looks like
1: it's an extension of his personality, you know? He's wearing all exactly, yeah. And
2: and I see here that going back to early May, he's playing it on stage, so it's 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 yeah, a, it's the nice. real deal, it's not it's not a Quite often, we all know these sponsorship deals, quite often as somebody has a guitar ready-made and say, you want to put your name on it? I, I, mm-hmm. I doubt this is one of those situations. I'm sure he
1: had, <laughs> I'm sure he had a lot The questions Big question to me is, is that like a, a production model? Because I was, I was reading that it's uh, custom build in the custom shop. And, Good question. Uh, in, in Denmark? I,
0: I could answer that question, but I'm not allowed. You're
1: not allowed, You're not allowed to allowed tell us? To say Yes or no? <laughs> i don't know i don't
0: want to i don't want to spill any beans but um right, i cool. would say that if someone were to want to purchase one that could be possible at some point
1: all right well on the website it says get your own thunder <laughs> so if you're interested in having a personally signed base uh sign up for a newsletter and i think they'll they'll drop it at some point in 2022
0: I'm sure they're yeah. going to want to sell it to people. Of course, <laughs> that would be a silly move. Here's a bass that you can't buy. That's yeah. a ridiculous move. Yeah. All right. Well, that was that was received a lot better than I expected. Yeah. Um, I That's was Good pick. I was,
2: Yeah. I, I, it's, it's a win-win. I mean, it's a great bass player, great guy, totally stylish, really cool, stylish-looking bass. Um, what's not to love? I think you you hit it out of the park. And what's so funny is that my suggestion you wanted to do as well. And this suggestion I would like to have done as well. So either Andy and I are the same person, or we just have exactly the same taste. I don't know what's going on. We're both huge Queen fans as well. So
0: but well, Also Dan's pick is something that was very close. Had I not already seen the base, I probably would have. It's hard for me this week. There's not been that much gear out, um, but. Good gear. out. Yeah. yeah. Warren, you wanted to go yep. second. Well... Is that correct? Yes, just
2: I, was, I thought I'd "eeny meeny miny mow it and stick it in the middle. Yes, um, so, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, for, so for me, it's um, it's just something we're really super excited about. And obviously, uh, I'm a guitar player first, and then an engineer, then a producer. I, I suppose a songwriter actually. Second, but um, I really, really like the Audient Evo range um, a lot. Um, we we demoed the Evo sixteen a couple of weeks ago. Oh, look at you! You're so on top of it. Look at that. Um, You're welcome. And and it's some of the best stuff we've ever recorded with the with the inexpensive stuff. Because really, the way I do reviews is there's there's you can go and read great online reviews at Sound On Sound um, and other such wonderful magazines. of Sound On Sound, it's an incredible magazine. Go there and get all the specs and all that stuff. The bit, the bit that, I, that I do, which is all I know how to do, is plug it in and use it. And so we just plugged it in and used it and recorded a song. And, you know, I don't want them to stop selling their ID range because it's absolutely amazing. And the mic pres they are in it are the same ones they put in their consoles. So I don't want to take anything away from their more expensive range. But audience, audience Evo range, that sounded like a record to me. And, and, and it's a fraction of the cost. How much is it? Isn't it 500 bucks? 500 It's about 500 Euros, bucks. Or... Yeah,
0: it's re- I was so shocked when I saw the price.
2: Yeah, for an eight input unit. It's ridiculous. I'm actually using
0: There's... the Evo 4 right now. So the Evo 4 is set right here. That's how you're hearing me. Um, yeah, and we
2: do all uh... of our all of our videos with an ID 44, but we take the Evo with us when we go and record in other places.
0: Okay, but the Evo 8. That's where that's that's the one you use, right?
2: Yeah, the four we have, we have them all now. The four, the eight, and the sixteen, depending on how many inputs we need to places. It's just, it's super clean. I don't know what they do with those mic pre's. It just, they just sound good. Cool. (laughs) It's a whole Um, different world, isn't it? When we were kids, when we were kids, demos were demos, weren't they? They were demos. They were like dreadful. You know, you had your your four track cassette, or you had your early kind of computer stuff, and everything just sounded, you know there was a difference. You go to a quote unquote real studio or you did a demo. Now it's just really mm. how creative are you and sure. how good are you at producing? You know, how good are you actually, at you know, making good choices and, and arrangement and stuff like that? Cause now the equipment is for a couple of grand, <laughs> you know, between, between our mutual love of like a Lewitt microphone and Audient, you know, uh, the Audient ID or Evo range, really the rest of it's just, it's just, it's up to you. It's up to the person producing. It's got nothing to do with the gear anymore. It's ridiculous at
0: the level. No, of, of there's cordial. no excuses. No. Um, I, in that case, Warren, a question: What's the difference like between the ID range and and the Evo range? Is Evo is obviously uh, more affordable, but they don't seem to be cutting any corners. So rather than I, specs, I asked like, Andy about experience. it.
2: Yeah, I asked our mutual mm-hmm. friend Andy about it, who's he, as you know he's like I think he's head of marketing, but he's also like head of development. Um, either, writ- either written title or not, and he told me that you know the the mic pre is in the idea the same as in the console. They have to like you know depending on the on the on the budget they have to maybe remove some kind of basic stuff, but it's essentially the same as the console. And 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 but for the Evo range for all of them to do the smart game, which is their version of what people call auto gain, they had to redesign it. They couldn't literally use the same mic pre. Um, because there was no way to digitally control that mic pre because it's a fully analog one. So they did have to design it. And I got him to pretty much admit, as far as they're concerned, it's as good a mic pre, but it's a digitally controlled mic pre. And because I said to him, gun to my head, I like both of them just equally. It's like, and yet one is considerably cheaper. So not trying to undercut themselves um, because both both are amazing. But by being forced to redo something, Mm-hmm. They, they, they they really did an incredible job it's so quiet and you know um you know julian um, julian uh, you know uh, 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 uh klauser you know uh krauser, sorry um i've too many german friends either the krauser or klauser um, you know he tested them and they come up in the top 3 of all all interfaces for signal to noise ratio it being one of the quietest consistently evo wow. and the Audient id range you know and you know him he he, he, he 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 buys the units. Uh, he doesn't take any money from anybody. So nope. his reviews are 100% nope. honest. And I love the fact that the stuff that I love is the stuff that he digitally proves his being some of the best. Um, yeah, God bless him.
0: It's just, I think it's a great pick, Warren. 459 euros for that. It's it's nuts. Ridiculous.
2: And I know that you wanted to pick it as well. So um,
0: I did. It, it was tough this week well yep. thank you for for playing the game um we've got one left and that's from dr dan so we get to hear his little jingle there Dance, pick up the Dance, pick up the <sighs> yeah there you are Warren. there's some real music for you <laughs>
2: I, I, if I would known I could have written my own little uh my own little intro
0: oh yeah I should have let you well we'll have you back on and you know just for have the, me back and I'll... just for the excuse for having another another jingle Dan <laughs> your pick of the week sir what is it oh I I'm not hearing you Dan you're talking and we're not getting any audio whoop there you go all right I just need you my... <laughs> Now I'm back again. Yeah.
1: yeah, probably it's a little bit more traditional pick, or more you know um, what what people would expect, but still um, with a little twist to the ordinary. And um, I was picking the new blue Paisley Acoustasonic that Fender Japan has released. And obviously, you know, with the Acoustasonic, it's either hit or miss for a couple of people, but uh, with the Paisley and with the blue, and you know, with a nice contrast to the to the wooden um to the wooden body it just felt I, I just gravitated towards it and uh you know frankly if i was to to buy an acoustic sonic I, I would definitely pick uh this one because i'm just a sucker for for paisley patterns um you know the flower kind of thingy is not necessarily my my cup of tea but uh the paisley one is is pretty cool and especially knowing that these are uh, japan exclusives make them a little bit more special so yeah
2: i think you um, you you're you're both like my twins because I'm, I'm the guy. I, I did a whole Acoustic Sonics video on the on the Strat, which is in the house. I need. To, I should have run off and grabbed it if I know you were going to talk about it. I was playing yeah. it before this call. I absolutely love those guitars. It, it's funny because everybody that gives them hate has never actually played one. They're all like, yeah, I heard was, yeah. this and I heard that. It's like play the bleeding yep. thing. It's amazing. It plays like a Strat. It plays exactly what you want it to be, like a Strat. That's an acoustic guitar that the sounds in it are phenomenal and it actually mics up really well if you want that that acoustic sound that's just going to shimmer in the track without any body on it without any low mid build up and stuff mm-hmm. just stick a mic on it and it's instantly it just sounds like the perfect uh, acoustic guitar for a dense track yeah i love those guitars
0: i have the yeah. jazz master in whites and i have the mexican player telly in sunburst and they are two of my favorite instruments to pick up and just make music with no. but neither of those guitars are as cool as this paisley <laughs> japan exclusive yeah.
1: the psychedelic is, is red, and actually these are made in japan which makes it even more interesting because now we have uh, u.s made uh, acoustosonics we have the mexican made, and now we have also the the made in japan ones so <sighs> I, I wonder what that will sit price wise as well
2: i was about to say is is it is it like uh the U.S., Japanese, and then the Mexican ones? What What's the price differential?
0: Uh, the Americans are around 1,000, in, in euros now, 1,700, mm-hmm. 1,800. And the Mexican ones are around 1,100. So... No. You grab the and then regarding oh, okay. the paisley dan did you get a price on the japan exclusives no but
1: knowing that uh, where the the prices are for the strats and the telly sit usually the boxer series sits right in between the made in mexico stuff and the the american standards so i, I would assume something around like 14 1500
0: so a little bit yeah. below the the uh american made ones yeah i love Fender japan so much yeah i love the quirky stuff they did the katana and all that that they just do amazingly slightly off the wall designs, and I, yeah. I I just I hate that it's Japan exclusive, but I I respect it. Yeah. To me personally, oh, so you can. If have... I... Yeah. Sorry.
2: No, 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 no. I I. Please.
1: Yeah. If I if I had to pick like uh, between the three body shapes, I would have loved the um, the Jazzmaster in psychedelic finish. Definitely. It would have been the 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 pinnacle of acoustic sonic design. <laughs>
0: What have you got there, Warren?
2: I've got my Smi Strat. Sweet and uh, which I, I think I was playing when we were talking earlier.
0: Yeah you were. Yeah and, I,
2: um... I, yeah it's so it's gorgeous. I've t- I've spoken to a lot of jazz guitar players recently and all of them use these. Because it feels like an archtop kind of thing, you know, because you, you've got that response, you know, so it's ridiculous. You know, so you... And it's super slinky. So you can just whiz around on it. And yet it feels so satisfying. I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but I love like thin lines. I like 335s. Mm-hmm. I like guitars that you can just feel a little bit of extra vibration um that's why i'm really big in the rev star because they've chambered them now and they just have that extra kind of feel when you're holding it you know, just like it's just satisfying um i never was a strat fan i was always a telecaster fan i was never actually a strat fan because I, because i didn't quite feel the resonance but give me a chamber guitar or or, or, uh, or in this instance the sonics i'm a
0: very very happy yeah Sweet. Uh, we're hearing in the chat that it's around 330,000 yen on Japan's site. Thank you, Valeria, uh, which is around two thousand four hundred dollars US. Whoa, OK, so it might be a little bit more than even the American one.
1: OK, two, but no, no, wait. Two hundred thirty thousand yen. Yeah. Okay. That's one that's like one sixth. Three, one sixth. three hundred. hundred, three hundred. OK, well, that's that's much more. Yeah. That's like two point four ish
2: thank you for the comment uh, for the okay, comment about Warren. joe joe pass i am a huge joe pass fan I, who's that bruno hey bruno oh bruno's an academy member hey bruno yeah i'm a huge uh, um huge fan of uh, um joe pass the virtuoso album is one of the greatest albums ever made um brought me to tears when i was a kid i was just like you can play guitar like this and then my dad would play me um Joe Parson, Ella Fitzgerald. I don't know if you guys have ever heard those live records. Insane. No. Yeah. Oh, imagine those two. It's just just live. That he's supporting yeah. her incredible voice with just a six string one seven five through a little Fender amp, or <laughs> imagine, I think he used a Gil Gibson amp. It's ridiculous. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah.
1: But it's it's interesting to hear that even as a as a young boy, you were already appreciating that kind of music. Because last week we talked about that that as a as a recipient or as a listener, you got to be ready for music. You know, at some point in my life, I wouldn't connect to um, Jimi Hendrix or I wouldn't connect to the Police or to 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 jazz in general or to George Benson. But then gradually you develop a, some sort some, some some sort of ear. You you develop a different style, and you just appreciate stuff that you would never have appreciated a couple of years ago. So why is that? Why why are we already so appreciative about that kind? Because of...
2: my I grew up in a very um traditional kind of uh you know my dad my dad was a painter and a sculptor and okay so it was all very ridiculously heavy arts based you know um (laughs) so the only music we listened to was classical music and jazz okay um so i got uh knows this i I, it was for my seventh uh uh, i was seven years old and my dad bought me a night at the opera so and, and he gave it to me as a christmas present and said this is worthy um like you're allowed <laughs> to listen to this because it it, it fits in with the stuff i mean i was going to Covent garden at like nine or ten years old you know seeing mozart and, and verdi and Puccini and all kinds of stuff so it was all opera and classical music and and i never went to the last night of the proms because the tickets were impossible to get and my family didn't really have any money to buy those really expensive tickets but um we would always on when the proms were on we, he would get the stereo speakers and put them either side of the TV and tune into radio 3 and have the simul- simultaneous co- um, broadcast in stereo from the radio while watching it on te- on TV um, yeah. so when you grow up on like classical and jazz um, it's like a great gateway drug so yes I was hugely into the police when I was a kid as well but but the big melodies you know massive melodies and I also think you know, Growing up in the 70s and the early 80s, it was very, um, you know, *The Planets was in the charts. You know, um, most of the TV shows had big classical themes. Um, I remember being a little kid and being in a a music class. And um, I was, um, uh, there was a show, Andy won't remember it, it was either A before his time or he would have been one, called The O'Neidian Line, which was about tall ships. And uh, it was a very big show. And so we're in class and, uh, and and the teacher plays the music and says, can anybody tell me what this music is? So Every hand, of course, in the class goes up. And she's like, you know, pick somebody at random. And I like, guess, Johnny, what is it? And Johnny goes, oh, it's the, it's the music from the Aeneidian line, miss. And all the hands go down except for me. And she's like, yes, Warren. I'm like, um, that's Spartacus by Cataturian. <laughs> <laughs> so I've always I've always been a nerd. And I think I think if you install the nerdy music side into a kid, no matter what the genre is, it's like it doesn't leave you. You know, you just um, my, my dad. It's my dad's fault, you know, and, and you, you know, sadly, my father died a couple of years ago. But I'll, I'll, when I did his eulogy, this is getting very personal. But when I did the eulogy at the at the funeral, I explained all this stuff we're talking about. And some of his friends came up to me afterwards and said, thank you. I never really fully understood him because he was he was a very traditional kind of english probably even european i, I know a lot of Germans that are like this as well my my mm-hmm. wife's stepfather who recently died was was an opera singer, and they're very similar personalities that very european kind of not really interested in small talk and everything's like very serious and important like my mm-hmm. grand- my my grandfather was like that everything was very like you know, oh, have you heard Benjamin Britten's The Latest Spring Symphony? You know, it was conducted by blah, 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 blah. And, and it's otherwise it was, there was no like, you know, small talk. It was, it's, it's probably a, a part of England, Andy, that has gone. I don't know if that exists anymore, but that sort of very, um, I don't know what to call it. I think it, it got but... turned
0: into Weatherspoons or other discount pubs by now, sadly. Mm. <laughs> so that seems to be the, the, the most popular thing right now.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm not that person. I mean, I I can talk about anything and and love it, but there's a side of me that's very, still has that kind of thing. And and when I get into the car, I always listen to talk radio. And when I have to watch TV, I always watch documentaries. You know, I I still have Mm. got that old, I I, like we were talking about, it was on camera or off camera. I just love learning. So anything that has a quotient of information that's bringing me closer to like nature or history or something, I'm all about it. I, 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 yeah, just I just
0: love that. stuff. Well, Warren, you're about to learn who's gonna get Please. buy and borrow and burned. Because we play a little game where we buy or we say that we're going to buy one of those pieces of gear that we chose, we're going to burn one and we're going to borrow one. Uh, don't what? get upset. We don't actually we don't actually burn it. It's just a figure of speech. There are three picks. So we have the audience Evo 16. The Paisley Acoustasonic from Japan. Fender, you can't do this. You can't. And then the Baum this. Guitars Thunder Bass, the best one. Um, so we <laughs> have to decide this, between honey. the three of us and also in the live chat what you would buy, what you would <laughs> borrow, and what you would burn. Oh, you um, can't burn any of those three. What are you doing here? That's, that's the tough. game. That's what makes it interesting. So we've got some stuff from the chat already, guys. We've got Gary O'Neill would buy the Evo, borrow the Japanese paisley and burn the base. But my word, what a strong pick this week. That's very nice. I, I think he's mm. right. We actually we had a strong, uh, a strong three threesome this week. Uh, Poonin just suggests that Dan should buy a <laughs> Excuse new <me>? microphone. <laughs> We're all in different countries. I'm
2: in America. You're in Austria. Dan, I presume you're in you're in Deutschland. Uh, Correct. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so that would be difficult, but what, what, whatever There's language not... you want to use there, you know, always <laughs> space
0: to slip in a double entendre. Okay, uh, Michael would buy the psychedelic Acoustasonic, borrow the Evo, and also, therefore, burn the bass. Really, no, oh, Michael Valeria would buy the Evo, seems like a very cool piece of gear to have, borrow the Acoustasonic because I've never tried one, and burn that Hello Kitty. Okay, Cranar. Cranar's my friend. He'll help me buy the audience because he needs a new interface desperately. Borrow the Acoustasonic <laughs> and therefore burn the bass. <laughs> wow. We don't have too many bass lovers in our chat, obviously. I was hoping to get someone from BAM Guitars on the show at some point. Now they're never going to talk to me ever again. <laughs> okay. Um, seems that the bass is, I think it's by default has to be burned rather than by choice uh, because there's a third option. But, um, Warren, you and I know each other fairly well. Dan and I normally play this game where we guess what we think the other one's going to do. So, Warren, I would, do you want to I, do it? I, I guess? would
2: guess that... I would guess that you're going to put the Evo as the burn because you, because it's safe for you because you have a guitar audience. Let's be honest. <laughs> you're going to put the bass first because it's your pick. sonic second. And you're going to guess it's going to be the Evo just because you know, you can get away with that because everybody watching is here for guitars. Am I correct, Dan? <laughs> is that what you would have said?
0: Definitely.
2: Yep. He's nodding. Yeah. yeah I think we've got you picked. Now you're going to say something different just to be contrary, but let's be honest. It's going to be bass first, guitar second, burn the Evo from you.
0: Yes warren you are <laughs> spot on sir yeah spot well, dad on. was nodding <laughs> 100%. Oh, no, hang on no no it's not almost spot. no you're not spot on i would i would buy the japanese fender i would borrow the base what? and therefore i'd have to burn the the audience which i, I don't want to do but what has to be something you pick my pick over the over the base that doesn't make any yeah, sense because but well, I, I didn't really look at the fender and then the more I saw it when you when you were talking about it, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. No I don't... <laughs> No, screw it. Warren, you're right. I'm gonna buy the base. I'm gonna buy the uh, yeah, base, I'm gonna borrow Dan, the fender. Dan and
2: I were both nodding in agreement. We uh... <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah.
0: No, Warren, you are right, sir. Correct. One hundred percent. Top of the class, all that stuff. Magic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, then um Dan should I, I know I never know how this works, the logistics of it. So Warren picked for you. Now you pick for me and I pick for Warren. Thank you. That sounds like a good idea. Dan, I believe you would buy the Fender, borrow the bass, burn the audience. Wow. Same as me. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) You said said Warren's, right? So you would actually have
1: to... I mean, that was a Freudian slip, 100%. So actually, I think you would go with the Paisley uh, Acoustasonic and would just try the bass. But for the sake of having bomb guitars on our show, let's just stick with that. And you were right. I would buy the uh, Acoustasonic because I'm a sucker for J- a Japanese guitar. Like I said, I like the design. I think if I would go for it, an Acoustasonic would definitely be that one. And let me just state that I think that uh, Warren made the point with, about the thin lines and all those guitars that resonate more and more. I think this will be the next trend. We had a big, you know, big bubble of offset guitars now being All being right. trendy and being on vogue, and I think that those kind of thin liney, semi hollowish guitars this will be the next big thing. You know, people playing neo neo soul and, and that kind of music on it, but also playing maybe metal. Uh, and maybe one of the first signs of that is the uh, the EVH. Um, uh, Wolfgang van Halen. He's got his new semi hollow kind of guitar that he's playing the mammoth, mammoth concerts on. Uh, so mark my words. That's that's the next trend we're
0: going to see. But the EVH is offset and semi hollow.
1: There you go.
2: Ooh, It's, far, it's the yeah. bridge.
0: It's the bridge. I like it. I yeah. think you're right there Dan. Yeah, Yeah. I think yeah. you're absolutely right. I'd like to see some more semi hollow thin line stuff coming. No yep. means I have to learn some jazz chords. Oh, no.
1: adult chords. Oh, uh... Steve Lukather. Chords. Chords, yeah. <laughs> Actually, there's a video. There's a video on, on, on YouTube that's, that's called Steve Lukather teaches You Adult Chords.
2: <laughs> um, are you going to guess right, for that's... me?
1: Yeah. <sighs> Tough one. Um, buy the Acoustasonic. Assuming that you didn't have one already in your hands uh that's the, see that that's what that's
2: the i'm gonna stop you that there that, that that that's that's where you go wrong you see okay because i do well, already that, have
1: one all right yeah. well in that case you could definitely i'm helping you out base. Yeah. okay you go for the base you borrow the audio interface maybe because you need a second one and you just burn defender because i already have one how's that
2: yes that's very accurate yeah yeah sweet because 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 i because i already haven't i already have all the audience i already have an acoustasonic. I'm getting the jag the Jaguar one or the Jaguar, and um, I absolutely I, I need a I don't have that base I want that base so I I think yeah. I'm lucky because I can protect myself because I have two two of the three or at least versions of two of the three products so <laughs> oh yeah that's,
0: that's cheating <laughs> yeah a little
2: bit. yeah but it's it's the truth I mean you were asking me what I would do I'm like it doesn't really matter because I've already I've already I love all of those three products I, I mean it's pretty amazing that we we we, we got together and. All three of those are things I, I absolutely love. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so amazing. Um,
0: yeah. Not a fuzz. Sometimes,
2: sometimes it's a really contentious stuff, Andy. Like something that just like people hate.
0: Yes. Yeah. Give me an it's example. Often me that chooses the thing that. Uh, oh, what did we choose? I don't know. Probably something uh, very, very expensive and very, very niche uh, recently. But yeah in the chats, people are saying that uh, they're enjoying the semi hollow guitars. And uh, I think it's time to get to Warren's little bit of the show where we interview the man himself, Mr. Warren Hewitt. Mm -hmm. It's going to be very, very serious, Warren, no jokes, definitely no entertainment value, just pure information. (laughs) Or not, Or, or the or the opposite of that um yeah so if anyone's got any questions in the live chat for mr warren hewitt then please stick them in the chat now we've had some a few already but you have to put them in there again because they've now scrolled up and i can't find them and i don't have a team of people like warren does so you know of course just well, saying pa- that... apparently it
2: didn't <laughs> we won't go into it
0: <laughs> <laughs> say no more say no more
2: Ah, uh, thank you valeria for uh putting the Yes, if you haven't, please subscribe to Produce Like a Pro. That would be amazing. And if you're from Produce Like a Pro, I I see a lot of our community members as well. Go and subscribe to these lovely gentlemen's channels as well. That would be great. So let's return the honor, return the uh, privilege of.
0: uh, Yeah, share the love. Share the love. Share share the the love. I'm a big
2: fan of Andy's because we we met at uh, TGU. uh, Are they going to do the Gearhead University again? I heard rumors they might be doing it. Is it going to happen or not?
0: I'm not sure I can say anything about that. Same then I will say that I also heard rumours that something might happen. That's yeah. as much as I'm going to say. And Dan, for some reason, Dan's microphone has stopped working at this point of the show. So we'll have to move on to the next topic. Sorry <laughs> about that, everybody. we had a slight technical issue, which has resulted in a non-answer to Warren's question. <laughs> so, oh, Warren... Thanks for that, Warren. Um, Warren, <laughs> I'm going to start the ball rolling by talking about uh, your role that you mentioned earlier as a guitarist, a songwriter, an engineer, and a producer, uh, amongst other things. Yep. When you're doing one of those jobs, how do you switch off the other, you know, jobs, the other, the other ways of thinking? Because there's so many different; those are all different skill sets, and One thing that I've learned from you, or one tiny thing I've learned from you amongst all the things that I have learned from you, is that you seem to be very good at taking off the guitarists hat, um, and then putting on the engineers hat, but still, you know, understanding the guitar player. So how do you how do you basically compartmentalize all those different skills when you're not doing the other ones? Does that make sense? Yeah
2: um yeah mean, fantastic question i am unfortunately going to to answer it that i um i don't see any delineation between any of it to me it's all one big thing so i don't feel like i'm ever having to um i think the reality the reality is is like you know going back to what we talked about right from the beginning the learning part i still practice guitar every single day um i'm taking i'm about to start taking some jazz lessons from gillard Um, who's one of the greatest jazz guitar players in the world. Um, And I'll do that. You know, I'll practice some stuff with him a couple of hours a week. To me, it's like everything I do, I'm still learning how to engineer. I'm still learning how to produce. I'm still learning all the time. And to me, okay, here's a better analogy. What I love about what we do with the YouTube world is now everything's connected. So when I work with an artist, I can see a much, much bigger picture. You know, I can go, hey, you're really good at doing, you know, this genre or that that genre. That's part first part of the production piece. But then I might say, hey, you know, you're, you're a great shredding guitar player. Why don't I introduce you to a guitar company that will help promote your new album? So this is something that didn't exist before. I also know publishing companies and record companies and managers and all kinds of different stuff this wasn't the business when i moved to america in the late 90s in the late 90s everything was very like nobody would cool bands wouldn't wouldn't want to be associated with gear companies unless it was like really really super cool everything was like gear companies were trying to work with musicians but musicians were super resistant because it was selling out now everybody's Mm -hmm. it's just one big business it's one huge business whether it be right at the top from the Tomans and the Sweetwaters going all the way down to like the the, everything in between. So it doesn't matter. It's all one big business now. We're all working together, whether it be getting music into film and TV, you know, whether it be the equipment we use, whether it be the production, the songwriting, the whatever the heck it is, it's all connected now. And so for me, that's a really long answer. But I, I just when I produce, it's all just the big it's all one big thing. You know, I'm, 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 I'm an average piano player, a terrible drummer, you know, but I, if it's got strings on it, I can play it, you know, pretty much anything with strings on. So, so I can always think outside of the box with that. And I've also been blessed to grow up wanting to play classical and jazz, discovering heavy rock, going off into Prague, you know, and then, you know, no, I don't talk about this much, but in the late eighties, when I first started doing music professionally, I was a DJ. And I was DJing electronic dance music, as we now call it. But I was, so I was DJing dance, dance music all the way through the 90s till I got back into bands and moved to America. So I feel very, very blessed to sort of like have a, be, you know, submerged in everything. And um, mm-hmm. so I don't do any delineation because if you, if you play something I love, I can reference Herbie Hancock or I can reference, you know, Leftfield or I can reference Queen Or it doesn't really matter to me. It's all it's all one big melting pot of music. But then again, I'm also blessed to not be specific with one genre. I think there's lots of people probably watching if they produce that probably are able to make a a living in one genre. Um, That's never been my thing. I've always been all
0: about, you know, mixing everything together, which I think is how you grow, you know. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Actually, could you give us some of your credits? Because I know that Dan and I know some of the work you've been involved with, but maybe someone who is new to you may not know exactly who you are and what you've done. So some of your credits are quite outstanding. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, thank you. Like, like a farmer. <laughs>
0: outstanding in, in his
2: field. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that answers the question about what's the best joke you've ever heard. There we go. <laughs> that
2: guy's a real farmer. Really? Outstanding in his field. Um yeah, there's like (laughs) such bad English dad jokes. Um I I miss you,
0: Warren. I miss you. I just remember like
2: (laughs) you know, we might we had we lived in a tiny little house, like this 584 square feet. I don't know what that is in meters anymore, but tiny little house. And when we had the grandparents come over for like Boxing Day dinner or something like that, it was completely packed like eight people and you couldn't move. And my dad would always do the would always do the cooking for um, for Sundays or the, the boxing days or the big dinners. He would always cook. And I remember he brought brought in um, uh, um, like the um, the gravy and it had mushrooms in it. And, and he just so came in and put it on the table and said, not mushroom in here. And it was just like <laughs> such an English dad thing to say. And I think I've realized I've become that person. I'm now a dad. And I'm English, so I suppose, hence my jokes. Anyway, <laughs> you can't escape, you can't you can't escape, escape it. it. No. Nope. Oh my God, my mother's calling me. No. My you mother is calling that.
0: me. You need to. I think I do. Actually I, I don't have mind to if answer. you need. To... Do you want to pop off for a second? Can I just mute myself? Of course, of course. I I can mute you. Yeah, <laughs> I've muted you, Warren. How cool um, is that? <laughs> whilst you talk to your mum, which is there. I there is nothing more important um than that so i mean i i i'm sure i can talk about warren in in this way and say that uh to get an answer straight out of warren is quite difficult because he is, <laughs> he's such a wonderful storyteller and has so much information all right i think he's back is he back he was waving and he's now he's frozen <laughs> warren are you with us sir I think he's muted himself also he's definitely unmuted on my side yeah okay i'm gonna i'm gonna call my uh, i'm gonna call what, my mom oh, back. there you go
2: i'm gonna call my mom back because of right, course okay, trying okay. to speak i couldn't take the call anyway because the it's all a sign to go through this this and this and she's like i can't hear you and all, all so right
1: and so. So, all I'm right sorry. okay we're okay. um, on the show oh. yeah, <laughs> just send her a link <laughs> if, if
2: my mother would that would have been we would have been here for a long time trying to get that link working <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i'll give her a call back immediately afterwards um oh, but so yeah Warren, it's... your
0: your, your body of work run us through oh, yes. some of your highlights please sir
2: um uh, um okay so i i was in a i was in several bands I had a whole bunch of record deals um uh both in in uh the uk and in the us um in the uk i suppose the most memorable one is i had a band called star 69 and we did have one top 40 hit uh, called Mama Don't Let, um, and then um, I played Reading Rock Festival, which was fun. I, we opened up the stage that the Foo Fighters played on. Not opened up, but you know we're on early, um, so that was fun. I played Ross Kilder. I've done like a lot of European stuff, um, and um, ran studios. You know, was an engineer. Worked in music stores. I worked in Kingfisher Music and Anderton's. I actually worked in Anderton's while I was playing music, so I've always been. Yeah. I've been professionally making money as a musician since I was six times at 16 mm-hmm. uh, pub bands, club bands doing covers, doing originals um, always done music. Um, and then um, I moved to America um, with star 69. We did an album here with Don Smith who had done uh, kerosene hat by cracker, as well as doing Tom Petty and a whole bunch of, and uh, expensive winos with Keith Richards and everything. And um, yeah, it's been a, it, it's, it, it's always been what I've what I've done. So um, musically, uh, production wise, um, I was producing bands all the time I was in England and all the time I was, I, I've been in Los Angeles. Um, but the bigger credits came when I stepped outside and started to, you know collaborating on a lower level. And this is why I always mm-hmm. tell people if you want, to, you know, you can be the big time producer if you want in isolation. But my best credits and what got me into it was like when uh, I got a manager and, you know, the, belt, the, the, the phone wasn't ringing for Warren Hewitt to produce their records because n- nobody knew who I was and I didn't have any credits. But he called me one day and said, Dave Sardi needs a Pro Tools engineer. And um, he said, he needs a, a, a Pro Tools engineer. Do you want to do it? And I was like, great. I was like, what's the next record? It was the Thrills. So mm. I, I, I was the Pro cool. Tools engineer on the Thrills second record, Let's Bottle Bohemia. Then um, and then um, and then I did. Um, where is it? Hot, hot, heat. Um, second record. Am I mixing up thrills and what's the thrills album called? No, that was Let's Bottle the Heat. Bye,
0: yeah. Borrow. Um, that was a lot of fun.
2: I had a, a platinum record from Ireland, which was a big deal for me because my mother's family's Irish, mm. so um, my father's family's Dutch and, and English. So, so it was great. I like getting uh, ones from countries, you know. Alternate countries that I can claim as nationalities. <laughs>
1: it's always
2: good having an Irish mum because then I could, then, then when England, as you know, Andy, was sucking at football, remember when Jack Charlton was managing Ireland and they got to the quarterfinals of the World Cup? It was like, hey, I can be Irish. <laughs> we didn't even qualify that year. Do you remember that? those days? It was the nineties. Yeah, you'd you'd have been a kid, but it was. Yeah, we didn't I would qualify. have
0: been sucking at guitar at that point. So yeah. Well yeah, I mean and uh, now of course you you, you run the produced like a pro YouTube channel, which is yeah. uh But I'll give um... you the name drops. Okay, yeah, so, here we go. There so was go. an
2: engineer, so Frey, I did the first two Frey records, so How to Save a Life was recorded at my studio. We did the drums in like twenty minutes, um, drove it down to Scream where Mark Endert was mixing, dropped it in, and the rest is history um so that was a huge massive hit At one stage it was the most downloaded song of all time um still one of the high, most highest streamed over a billion streams um so i did that then i did the second fray album um i did Aerosmith's last record i've done some Jane's blunt stuff which i play play guitar on and that we, we had a big hit with a song called i'll be your man um other big artists i suppose done the last up till the last one but three ace freely records i've done all kinds of stuff. Um, sometimes it's hard to remember. Um, yeah. And Bruno said, yeah, Ireland qualified for the USA 94. So, yeah, I said the mid-90s. There you go, 94. Um, it's the year that England didn't qualify, I think. Or if they, got, if they did qualify, they got knocked out right at the beginning. But anyway, um, back to the point. So lots of bigger records like that. Mattis Yahoo. I did the rock version of One Day, which was actually the song that was a radio hit, but he refused to put it on the album, which was very annoying. Um, hmm. but it did did uh-huh. sell the albums. Um, you remember that one day? It was a theme tune for the Olympics, I think. Um, and uh, I'm looking around to try and remember. James, um, Howie, uh, Mattis, uh, Frey, Augustana. Did some big stuff with Augustana, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, so lo- lots of, of the bigger records. And then, of course, like fun stuff, like I did uh, uh, Black Veil Brides, Live, Alive and Burning, Alive and Burning album which is also a blu-ray and a dvd which was the biggest selling blu-ray dvd of that year music one obviously um ramones i've done a, i did a ramones um live dvd blu-ray um chili peppers live blu-ray dvd um, when, um
0: oh and i did sorry, a. Joe when you Strum say and, you did it what 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 did you do on those live dvds well Were some you... of them i
2: recorded and mixed and some of them i just mixed but i had a spate which is a really good thing i suggest to people do a lot of live live recording and live mixing is stuff um Stuff that people really sort of pathologically hate, but it's a great way to whet your appetite.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, I was going to ask what's my motivation to Hervig says uh, to move to California. It was because I was in a band and we wanted to come over and record an album here. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so a lot of the, that's cool because I, so I get oh Joe Strummer and the Mescaleros. I did uh, my friend Dick Rude. I don't know if anybody knows. Um, Hear me. Did a bunch of movies with Alex Cox and uh, and Joe Strummer. So I'm friends with him, and so we did um, some stuff with Joe, which was huge because growing up, obviously, as a Clash fan. Um, so, yeah, lots of, like, a mixture of, like, huge, like, big fray when they were, like, the biggest band in the world, mixed in with all the credible kind of cool, you know, Joe Strummers and Ramones and stuff like that. Um, I, yeah. Don't you also have a, a Scrubs, Laszlo Bain
0: story? Zach Braff.
2: well i mean I, I didn't record that but the, the studio i'm in it was was chad's story was chad's studio so that he did um he recorded uh you know um no superman here um because i bought his house he was the drummer on my first record in la and mm-hmm. it was the first weekend i was in los angeles and he said to me um he said to me he goes oh i'm having a barbecue on sunday you want to come by and i was like sure so i come by his house which is the, the house i'm in now um and um um And, and, um, you you know, come over and it's like has a studio and everybody's jamming. And I remember I'm here first weekend. I'm in L.A. and I come in and in the studio and Sheryl Crow is sitting in there. Um, Jeff, um, you know, her guitar player is in there. Um, Dan Rothschild, who was playing with uh, Fiona Apple, I think, at the time. Um, No, he was in that band Tonic you know, if you could only see the way she loves me, great song. Um, and it was just ridiculous, all these musicians. And I'm just like, they're in the corner, like, <laughs> you know, and I, there's all these like Grammys and platinum records surrounding me. It was like pretty insane, but I remember this little house and I remember thinking to myself, it wasn't lit. It's little when you live in America, but for guys like us, you know, Europeans, it was just a normal small house that every lives in. And, um, and it's up in the canyon, surrounded by trees. And I grew up in the countryside. You grew up in the countryside, didn't you? I did. I'm still yeah. there.
0: Just a different one.
2: Yeah, just a different one. So this <laughs> is what I did. Yeah, I just. So so I remember going, I want to buy this house one day. So I bought it and I got the studio in here and the rest is history. Yep.
0: Well, we're going to need a shovel and a big bucket for all those names that were just dropped. But they yeah. were dropped with style, <laughs> with class. And yeah, there's some. Oh, good Chris ones, is so. here. Hey, Chris. Oh, we'll drop another one, Chris Baracci. Hey, Chris Baracci in the chat. Nice to see you last week at the Steve Vai Show. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, Dan, have you got any like guitar production questions? Any burning questions you had lined up for
1: Warren? Not burning questions in regard to production, but obviously with such a body like body of work, how did you form the decision to kind of jump on the YouTube train in I think 2014 and kind of come up with your own produce like pro content up there?
2: It was weird. It's a good, good question because I was actually financially at the peak. I mean, it was like uh, that, those couple of years, of rap, just before and just after, where I was making the most amount of money I'd ever made in music. And um, it was actually, I, I'll credit it, it was, it was Tim Pierce. Tim Pierce, Tim Pierce had, had a YouTube channel. He was one of the first people on it. And I was mm-hmm. doing a session with him over at his house, and he was tracking guitars on a song. And he was like, oh, you should check out what I'm doing on YouTube. And then he introduced me to Marty Schwartz, who at that point was huge, still is huge. Um, And he said, you should do some YouTube stuff. And uh, I didn't have any way to monetize or any, I didn't even put ads on my videos for the first two years. Then people were like, why aren't you putting ads? Um, Now I don't have any choice because I do so much cover material and stuff that I have ads on every single one of my videos. Every time I do a video about, an artist that gets demonetized and they take the money. But the thing is, I'm a producer for, for a living. So I don't mm-hmm. really care because if the artist gets paid, you're not going to hear me complaining about demonetizing because <laughs> they get paid and then they, then they give me money to produce their records. Yeah. That's the way it works, you know, and, and Sneaky. we can't have it both ways. Can we, we can't go, I hate how much Spotify isn't paying artists, but you can't demonetize my video. I need sure. to take the money from the song that I'm featuring, you know, to me, that makes no sense. I, I, with this business, we need artists to get fed and make money. That's why whenever I'm working with people, I'm always trying to figure out some way that I can get them paid for the art that they do. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it, it's, uh, um, yeah. So I have no problem. I always say to people when they watch the video and said there was five ads I had to watch on your video about Kate Bush. I'm like, so Kate Bush yeah. made some money. And you know what? She wrote the song. And that's the reason why you're watching my video. Cause of her song, not because you wanted a charming face. You
0: know.
2: Maybe Andy is different. People are tuning in to see the afro, like you know, it's all that, about the smile. The afro the has its own hair.
0: YouTube channel. If it doesn't, it should. <laughs> you know, when when people have uh, Instagram accounts for their pets, I should do one for my yeah. hair. <laughs> I have although, a friend, who... Warren. You, you have a nice mm-hmm. head of hair yourself, my friend, and. Uh... Well, it's it's a
2: total mess, and it's whatever I woke up with, and it's it's interesting how you know. Oh yeah. That, 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 <laughs> if, you're tro- if you're gonna troll me, it's it's always. If you're gonna troll me, it's always based on the hair. It's pretty funny, and it's no accident yeah. when you go and p- click on that person. It's always a it's always a dude, and they're always bald.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought of going. I'm not going to get in that rabbit hole, but I might at some point might, if I'm lonely and cold. Hmm. <sighs> Yeah, well, I guess um, maybe we could give away some nuggets if you don't mind, Warren. Like we talked about the EVO sixteen piece of gear for recording. Could you give some like some insight into like home recording? We talked about demos, and I started with a dictaphone. Should I use my finger? And is that another is that another Dublon That was yeah. <laughs> I used a dictaphone. Um, maybe <laughs> if someone's watching or listening. If they buy the Evo sixteen, that's not all it is. It's just, you know, all the gear and no idea. What can they do to, to start recording guitar with these pieces of gear? I like that. That's your... all the
2: gear with no idea.
0: Yeah, that's what you get on my channel. You're a poet. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't you aware of fact.
2: I I just I cannot believe how poetically
0: poetic you are. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'll take the credit. Yeah, what What <laughs> tips could you give to us guitar players for actually getting those guitars recorded and then becoming worldwide rock stars? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, in which order? Worldwide, to become a worldwide rock star? Um, well... Well, let's say that that comes from being great at music and recording great songs and just being consistently hardworking and lucky, I guess. So how do they take that step from making that great song into a great recording?
2: I think, you know, I think you, you answered the question, right. Where that great ideas thing. I mean, really. Sometimes people send me songs. They want me to produce. And I listen to it and I'm like, the production's amazing, is the recording amazing? Not necessarily, but the production's amazing. And one of the valuable lessons I learned from moving from the UK to America was when I came over in the nineties, it was, it was a pretty horrible music industry over here. Not the quality of the music, don't get me wrong. We had grunge, we had these incredible, uh, th- there was a lot of really great girl songwriters. You know, um, Sarah McLaughlin was huge when i hear uh, Jewel, and they were all amazing writers. But the rock stuff was very, very generic. We'd sort of moved into this point where it was like the same production on every song. It was like left-right guitars, really super heavy. You know, the, the verse was all like bass and drums, and then the chorus would come in and all be super loud. And all the kick and snare had the same drum sample. It was all being mixed by the same couple of guys and all being produced by the same couple of guys. And it was pretty horrific. Um, you know, I'm not saying there wasn't some good songs. Amy Mann, yes, another great artist from that period. Um, yes. And I didn't really fully realize what was going on in America because in, in, in the UK where I was from, obviously, I would produce an artist, my own band often, and I'd take it into a label and they would, if they signed it, they would maybe remix it. We did have one song, our first single from Star 69, they attempted to remix it and then listened to our original um, quote unquote demo and said, that sounds better and put that out. There was never this sort of like business kind of thing. And when I got to America, it was all about the business. And sometimes that's okay because maybe they'll clean up the recording and make it louder and more powerful and all this kind of stuff. But most of the time what they were doing was removing all of the soul and everything from the recording. So as much as I want to talk about production, I think that there's a confusion between engineering and production. Great production doesn't mean perfectly recorded and super clean and and millions of dollars thrown at it great production can be you know uh, working class hero you know or, or bob marley redemption song they're both really cheaply very quickly very easily recorded songs that are two of the greatest songs ever written because they have an emotional quoting in them that we all respond to. They have lyrics that mean something. And I think that we, all of us, myself included, get a little get carried away sometimes with the gear side of it. And I think we had that conversation. When we were talking about the, the pluses of the Evo. And the reality mm-hmm. is, is like, there's so much affordability now in, in, in equipment, spend all your time, do some quick research Buy a mic like we're both using because we both know they're great mics. We love Lewitt. There are other companies as well. Just coincidental, we both love the mics. Buy a Lewitt that you can afford. Buy, buy the cheapest, decent quality interface you can afford. <clears throat> now spend the rest of your life trying to get in to getting your art together, get your creativity and your songwriting. That's the best advice I can give you. I get sent stuff all the time that I'm afraid to recut it because mm-hmm. I can tell, wow, this, this, is, this is good. Or... God, they missed the mark they overproduced it and they lost the song right. so make it about the song first and the rest will come and yeah maybe it is a remix um yes chris my arm is doing so much better now thank you um yeah so definitely um i'm so used to doing the live streaming thing and answering the questions in the middle of the conversation sorry <laughs> but yeah i mean i love equipment i love gear i love gear i love it and i can answer you what i what i but i think if you're a beginner buy some inexpensive gear and spend your whole life you know your time and energy writing better songs mm-hmm. getting better production ideas but not confusing expensive equipment with production that's engineering your production ideas are sometimes throwing a mic on the ground in front of the drum kit and getting the coolest drum drums sound you've ever heard you know um recording guitars in the next room. I remember once when I was selling recording equipment, I think I was at Anderton's at the time, and somebody came and said, I can't get the guitar to sound like it does in my room because it always sounds bad. And I said, well, where are you listening from? I go, well, I'm standing on the, I'm playing my guitar at the edge of my live room, my bedroom or whatever it is, and it sounds amazing. And I said, well, where are you putting the mic? And they said, on the speaker. I was like, try putting the mic where you're standing. You know, it's just, it's, you know, It's stuff that seems really obvious and simple. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get because you watch a video with some idiot like me showing you how to put a 57 on a cone, but you like the sound of the guitar in the room. So wherever, wherever you're standing in the room, put the mic, Um, you know, it's, it's, it's stuff like that. One of the the biggest pieces of advice I could ever give anybody is trust your ears. People send me stuff all the time to, to critique and 99.9% of the time I don't have the time because I've got 50 sitting in my inbox inbox this morning already. And the thing is, the occasional time that it times out perfectly, or there's somebody that's an academy member, I'll listen to it, and then I'll email them back and say, "What do you think?" Before I tell you what 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 I think, and they'll say, "Oh, it's too bassy," and the second verse guitar is too distorted, and they're like, "What do you think?" I say, "What do wh-? I'd be like? What do you think?" I think it's too bassy, and the second verse guitar is too distorted. <laughs> it's like you've got to trust your own ears. You know, you um, you you. There's too much talking heads, ourselves included, that sometimes take away from trusting your own abilities. The more you trust what you hear, the faster you'll grow. And there's too much mumbo jumbo, and there's too many experts, you know, trying to make it confusing. You know, it's. Um, I, I always love the the old school guys that are like, you know, man, I set my attack release by feel, man, to be in time with the song. And of course, I immediately respond, well, Why, as if there's a sixteenth note rest between the next kick? Now your release time is totally different. <laughs> you know. it's all right if, if the beat is boom cat, boom cat, boom cat, boom cat, and those are the only transients. Of course, you're going to set your attack and release like that. But as soon as you're, but the, it, then a the kid spends hours trying to do that tip that they heard from this really famous guy, and they're like, I can't get it because their groove is da da. You know, and so the release time is now flattening the next transient. Like I can't get it to do like Joe Famous told me. I'm taking a name of somebody about Your offending famous. anybody you know what i mean that's there's too true. much mumbo jumbo there's too much like and it used to be you know um i remember brian colstrom god rest his soul he engineered um um dirt by um allison chains which is one of my favorite records and was produced by dave jordan one of my o- oldest friends and brian said to me he goes i got to be a better engineer when i got better equipment and i think that that's a pretty honest answer you know, he was just as creative before and after he just had better equipment to work with. Mm. And I think that, you know, cut yourself some slack as a creative, anybody who's watching this, just cut yourself from slack. I know there's, you know, there's so much, you know, you know, blah, 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 diminished scale over a so-and-so flattened five, blah, 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 using the, this mic and the so-and-so blah, 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 forum post, whatever. And yet nobody that we admire thinks that way. Nobody. You talk to Brian May, he plays a blues scale mixed in with a diatonic major and moves between the two. And yet he wrote, wrote guitar solos that we could all sing. Mm. But I know plenty of people that could out theory him that have never written a melody in their life that you would even want to remember. So just you could, it's all about balance. I love learning. Please learn. But don't, don't put yourself down because, you know, the, the best songs in the world were written by teenagers, you know. Um, I always say this and I'll I'll repeat it again. Jeff Emmerich was 19 years old turning 20 when he engineered Revolver, which is in most people's top two greatest albums of all time. So if a 19 year old kid can record the arguably the greatest album of all time, cut yourself some slack. He didn't have any, he was, he was second engineering. He was like running for tea, marking off stuff, setting up mics. And the next minute he has to record like tax man. It's like, it, it, dave t- sadly said to me he's like he's when when people had budgets he goes um goes the best advice he ever got was earn as you learn you know if, if you get paid to do a job you're always learning don't 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 come in with any kind of superior ideas because you're always going to learn and i personally always learn more from the artists than they learn from me because they'll come in i mean i work with teenage girls what do i know about being a teenage girl a big fat whopping nothing so if I'm writing a song with them, I'm not going to be writing their lyrics. Yeah. I can't, hey, let's write about TikTok. You know what I mean? It's not going to happen. I'm not going to like, I don't know their experience, you know? Yeah. So we, we, we need to be, our job as producers and songwriters and musicians is to interpret what artists bring us, you know, mm-hmm. um, whether it be co-writing with them, producing them, or playing guitar on their on their music, whatever our chosen field is or combination thereof you just have to listen to the artist and the skill is to bring that out of them, bring out great performances. Yeah, you know, as Poo Ninja, the great Poo Ninja said, never stop learning. Does anybody know who Poo Ninja really is? Because he's on everybody's channel. Who are you, Poo Ninja?
0: Nobody Andy, knows. Andy, is, is,
2: is, it, is it your alter ego? Does anybody see him <laughs> typing at the same time?
0: Can't, can't, can't I think they've never, never been
1: in the same room, right?
2: Yeah, never. Poo Ninja. And well, they are, but they're always in the same room. That's the point. That
0: will there, you. yeah, yeah. Uh, Warren, you and I have spent hours in conversation since we've met, and that has been my favourite. too much of me minutes. talking. No, I just I really enjoyed everything you had to say about music there. That was really. I, I don't care if anyone ever listens to this show or watches this show. That was that was really enjoyable just for me. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, we're coming up to the end of the show, for and reason. I know that every time I ask you a question, it's gonna you know, give us another half an hour of show. But I, I do have a question. Um, And that is regarding people that have learned what we've just been talking about and engineering and, and more the practical side of it, people that have learned those skills from a school, and people that have learned those skills from doing them in a recording studio. for instance, those are two different types of people to work with. And I often I come from I the you're... school of doing rather than the school of learning. Yeah, I'm yeah. at loggerheads with people who have learned from a school. So when you talked about putting the mic, think it might sound good rather than put it where you were shown. Have you ever come across any people that have learned methods in school and then refused to budge from that education, and then you've managed to crack them open, like? Yeah, I what mean, I'm I think.
2: Can... I've got a couple of instances, yeah. Um, wh- one of the ones was like, so we were, I had a new guy who was interning or assisting and, uh, you know, a new person, I actually don't remember, I, I just remember the instance. I can't remember specifically who it is because it was a few years ago, but it's a really good illustration of what you're talking about. And I was tracking, um, you know, I was producing, so it was vocals and I was leaning in and giving the singer notes. And it had clipped on a tape twice, so like two little red marks mm-hmm. and I lean over and in the middle of the take, they had clicked it down like five DB on the mic. pre. I'm like, what are you doing? They're like, well, it clipped twice. And I'm like, who cares? You have now just completely altered the gain structure in the middle of a vocal. I'm going to have to go back and gain all that up. And not only am I going to have to gain it up, the mic pre was being hit at a certain kind of amplitude that was giving me a certain sound. And now that no longer sounds the same. And he's like, well, when I was at school, they told you you couldn't have any digital clipping. I'm like, dude, it was too transients like that. Nobody is going to hear that. But that that that's where but I think what happens is like people are taught to do to to look out for these things and they take it too literal. But the only way they're going to learn is in practical experience anyway. So all the guys and girls that we've had come in. That have been schooled, you know, professionally, and have gone and got degrees or or, or, or something of the like, or done done those kinds of things, do come in with a lot of preconceived ideas. But it does get beaten out of them in the nicest possible way. But there's a balance, you know. They come in, they do come in with a, they do come in with a, some practical experience, which I think is really good. Um, you know, some pragmatic experience. Sorry, and then they learn the pra- the practical. You know, after a while, it's it's it's
0: it's a balance between the two sure um thank you warren we i guess we have a final question um which is from valeria one of our moderators and she has a question that says very boring my bad but i don't think it is boring it's asking for advice for a beginner mixing vocals and any tips on how to get the correct balance between vocal levels compared to music
2: that's really nice um well it depends on the track um, if you're doing it over a vocal and if you're doing a vocal over an acoustic guitar, you'll use significantly less compression because you don't need to be vocal to be super up front. And you also don't want it to sound like ultra squash. Everything everything we do is relative to the other sounds. So if you're working on a vocal and it's in a really super dense track, which is like a hard hitting rock track, then that vocal is probably going to be a lot more compressed than it would be over an acoustic guitar or a piano. Um, and it's all incremental. If you compress the piano really heavily, so everything's like pang, 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 then the vocal's gonna have to be compressed as well. Because that piano is like taking up so much room. Um, so it's all really um Deja's saying it's genre dependent. Yeah, it's song dependent as well as genre dependent, because obviously, you know, you can it, it it's, it's a combination of all those things. Just if we take away the genre for a second, it's just song dependent. Like what is going on in the song? Is it a small amount of instrumentation that's very, very dynamic? Or is it a very, very dense track? And if it's super, super dense, then you are going to need to compress it quite heavily to bring it forward and consistently. Now, don't if you can, the great thing about DAWs, modern DAWs, is you don't need to use compression as aggressive as you used to, say, in the 70s. And that's a whole tangent here that I'm going to make really, really quick. Everybody tells me that com- music is more, more compressed now than it was in the 70s. I've worked with Jack Douglas and Shelley Ackerson, and Jay Cena and all of the best engineers and producers of the 70s. And they will always make me compress far more than I ever would in this day and age. And if you open up uh, an Aerosmith track or a John Lennon track from the mid-70s or anything recorded that turret, it is like a blob of everything. There was a lot of compression. They're compressing really heavily going to tape. The tape is out in compression. Transients are being rolled off. It's then going back in and being compressed and EQ would again in a mixed stage. And there's a lot of compression bringing that stuff forward. You know, if you listen to some of the Motown stuff, it's amazing just how aggressively compressed and even saturated it is going in all those tubes and transformers and compressors. So, you know, it's really important to understand what you are doing compared with the song. So does the song want that vocal to be super compressed or does it want somewhere in the middle? The great thing about DAWs is now in nanoseconds you can automate. Something that was very, very difficult to do for many, many decades is now so easy. So if you've got a pretty even um, recorded vocal and you've got a nice open sounding you know, track, use automation before you even use a compressor. But a compressor is a quick and easy way of bringing a vocal forward in a much more dense track. Again, it's all dependent on the instrumentation around.
0: Excellent advice. Thank you. I hope that helps for um, anybody else who might have some yeah. similar problems, questions, or learning experiences.
1: I have one last question. If Warren Eward was a chord, what chord would you be?
2: The Hendrix chord, of course. Wow. Isn't everybody? Wow. Yeah, <laughs> E7 of augmented uh, ninth. I'm going to get you demonetized. I'll get you banned. Sorry.
0: Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks for that. You know, the it, Hendrix it's like, Foundation it's like, after me. That's another. That's it. Oh, no, no! Hopefully <laughs> that'll be knocking on my door. I closing the channel, Dan. That was a good question, Dan. Where did that one come from? I, I need to ask that. One. And every every person I ever talk to now. I don't know.
1: Sometimes when when I have some some job interviews, I'll ask people if they were an instrument what instrument would they be and why so i was just thinking huh i know what i mean i mean i'm always
2: like i always say i'm a like a i like um like a a guitar that has like two pickups no binding no i'm a a no frills kind of guy i like things that you know what i mean like i this is i'm not i just did this video i'm gonna shout out i did this video and it is no bullshit this is my favorite guitar that i own It's $499. It's the The Revstar. They gave it to me to try out and said, if you want it, you know, um, you can keep it, which is amazing. Um, And I thought I did a live stream on Instagram and they strategically took off where it was made on the back. Uh And I did a live Instagram and I didn't know anything about it. And I'm playing it like totally in love. It's got a matte finished neck, chambered body. And I just assumed it was the Japanese one because I've got the old Japanese one that I got. Which was fifteen hundred dollars. So I assumed this was the new Japanese model, and I'm playing it on the Instagram. And everybody's like, Wow, it sounds so beautiful. What model is it? And I'm like, I'm like, it's uh R E R S E twenty. And everybody goes, That's the element, that's the budget series. And I was like, It is? And then somebody says, Yeah, retail's like seven hundred bucks. And um and Sweetwater is selling them for four hundred and ninety-nine bucks. So right. my favorite playing guitar is five hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. So that's what I am. To me, it's just like I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be that you say instrument. I would not be a Les Paul with the binding and the pearl inlays and all the engraving. Yeah. This, this, this is this is me. I this is what I like. You know what I mean? It just playable, sounds great. Yeah. So that's what would you be, Andy? What instrument would you be?
0: Uh, bagpipes, because. <laughs> because no one's quite sure how to make it work no one really enjoys it that much but for some reason they put up with it several times a year uh, (laughs) that will be me
2: dr dan
1: probably a old blues guitar with rusty strings on them yeah it gets you that dry very very compressed but also very warm tone or maybe mahogany made a little bit rusty strings narrow body not 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 too much room very very precise in, in the projection yeah but still old school good yeah what about you guys in the chat what what guitar or instrument would you guys be let us know be who works be at
0: heard with a theremin no
1: nah, and Poo ninja would be a peer?
0: who works
2: <laughs> who works at who works at Ibanez? somebody says says the guy who works at Ibanez. It's me. Oh, you work at Ibanez?
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, oh, that's amazing. So I'm, I'm talking Yamaha with an Ibanez guy. Oh, ouch.
1: Well, this, this, this show is, is not related at all to my, to my daytime job, but I'm an Ibanez guy since 32 years now. So it was my my first like real guitar, and I still have a big collection and some very precious instruments. Um, I love talking about guitars, but even more precisely about Ibanez guitars. I know a lot of the story. I like to geek out with people like Phil and Andy and Henning and all those guys. Um, but still, like deep inside my heart, I'm not an electric player. I'm probably a like bonfire acoustic player who who sings "Me and the Devil Blues," for instance. Yeah.
0: Ah well, next time we have okay. a bonfire uh, I'll bring my bagpipes and we can do it. All right. We, can, nice we can we
2: can play uh Wonderwall together and and
0: doodle uh... <laughs> <laughs> Wonderwall on the bagpipes, my doodle sack. On the bagpipes. Ooh. Doodle sack, yeah. Ooh. That sounds like hell. <laughs> it, does. Defin- it does.
2: Definition of Hell. Wonderwall played <laughs> Wonderwall on bagpipes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: That's, gonna ask that... you to produce that. We're gonna we're gonna record that. I'm asking oh, to God. produce <laughs> it in the, in the... Can in I the, produce all the earbuds in? Can I do it with the earplugs? <laughs> you can have nose plugs if you want. <laughs> um, yeah. So stop, stop, Annie. I know where you're going. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. <carry> Gary. Gary <laughs> O'Neill would be an AZS, the Josh Smith, but in blue. Mm, um, okay. Cranar would be a telly with a P90 pickup. Oh, classy and creamy. I mm. love it. Uh, yep. Poo Ninja just I'm, wrote I'm Ibanez, Ibanez, Ibanez. Ibanez.
1: <laughs> good choice.
0: Three good choices. Yeah. Uh, Todd would be a Les Paul Jr. He's very simple. I can relate Mm -hmm. to that. Sean Hockey would be a Solar. Yeah, they're they're all good choices.
2: They're they're all like exactly what we're talking about. Just simple, functional, do the job. You have a good audience. I like this. I relate to this.
0: We do. We do. We have a wonderful audience. And uh, we welcome them back every week. But that is the end of the show, ladies and gentle spoons. So, yeah, I, I... I, I had a lovely time talking to you, Warren. Thanks. It's uh, yeah, I, I, it was amazing.
2: It's been a long time coming.
0: We tried yeah. to do oh, yeah. this like six months ago. It's, we finally got it, and of course we'll have you back again at some point. And maybe we'll meet again at NAM next year, or you'll come over to Europe and we can have a a knees I, up I, and a shindig.
2: Yeah, and I and you're 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 going to go to the Mannheim thing, aren't you?
0: Yeah, be a guitar Summit. Are you, are so, you coming? Uh,
2: I don't know. I think September's too soon for me. I'm, I'm going mm. to, I think I'm going to England um, and the UK in, uh, in October um, yeah. and maybe again in November. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out. And then there's, there's so many, you know, I used to, before the pandemic traveling was an understatement. You know, I, 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 we traveled abroad 17 times in one year in 2019, we went to music, China, we went to uh, uh, Lyon, uh paris saint etienne uh rome uh which uh warsaw krakow mm-hmm. london um then you know new york for aes um, yeah oh vienna i mean it was insane so we usually travel a lot and do a lot of these things uh, abroad and it's an incredible experience um but pandemic hit and it's really weird to like go from always being in a different country so why people say to me they think I'm still in England they think I still sound relatively English it's because I don't really at for one point in my life I wasn't really living in any one country for long enough to get too assimilated but because uh, of the lovely Dan Pemick, I've been here for
0: two straight years mm. well your accent hasn't changed which is reassuring thank you for that
2: and the same for you but i suppose being surrounded by austrians it's not it's not like you're hearing uh like american uh, english or anything like that
0: no i just put in words that aren't part of the english language into my general speak (laughs) and then one and on the flip side into the german language also indeed but they're probably more
2: used to that because i i i i understand german you know ish enough and it's quite funny to hear like a whole German phrase with like three English words thrown in. I remember talking to, you know, our mutual friend Charlie about this because she said there's just some words that there's no translation for. Yeah, so she'll be like she'll be like talking German 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 rehearsal German 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 recording studio German 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 you know German German German, German backstage you know just <laughs> things that there's I got only that words for. Yeah. yeah.
0: I understood that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, uh, people that watched live, thank you so much for joining us. People that are listening to the podcast audio version, Dan's Mm going to ask a little favor of you.
1: Dan. Of course. If you're listening to this on Spotify or iTunes, make sure to give us a five-star rating or a nice review so we can get more people like the amazing Warren you're on the show and bring you some quality guitar content and dad jokes and much more. Thank you very much.
2: Especially me for the dad jokes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just Warren, before the show you, i was i was you. telling andy one. one oh yeah one, the, do you want me to no
0: uh, the one? first one first one but the,
1: not first, the, second, the first one
0: was so right. bad i almost didn't reply
1: yeah like two two men uh, they are having a chat and one guy says you know what i think i'm going to date a, a french girl because they are cute and i like the accent and then the other one says are you silly you don't even speak a single word french and then the other one says touche <laughs> I'm sorry, it's a bad one. It's a really bad one. <laughs> Too bad. Yeah, I know. That's but really, really bad. One.
2: What what I mean. I'm worried about is that people don't understand it.
1: No. Okay. Okay, well
0: Well, there's a little bit of homework to go with the show yeah. as well then. A little Check bit of homework.
1: Touche means. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry for telling that joke. Anyways. It it doesn't Thanks mean so the
2: punchline. That's the that's the joke, I think. That's that's the point because <laughs> it, it would make more sense if you said c'est la vie for it to be literal but because it yeah, does, it's not because yeah. it's not literal that's what makes it funny do you understand what i mean yeah yes I, yeah, yeah but that's the point <laughs> I, I with americans quite often i i i love like oscar Wilde jokes and i'll tell them and i can sometimes see them looking at me like
0: ah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> like like you, you, you know, in, his, in Oscar Wilde's world, he was, you know, being a famous playwright, of course, he would, he would always be su- surrounded by socialites and stuff like that. And he hated them. He like, absolutely hated these British socialites. He was also Irish as well, for those who don't know. And there's a very famous story of him being at a party and this particular socialite woman comes up to him and goes, Oh, Oscar, I passed by your door yesterday. And he goes, good. <laughs> <laughs> And I have explained that joke a hundred times. Like, ha, ha, ha. why is that funny? I'm like, because they didn't stop. They passed by the door. He says, good. <laughs> yeah. Although, what's, it, what, what's the Churchill one? The, um, the, the socialite woman if, says to him, if, if I was, you
0: were my husband, I'd lace your drink with poison. And if you, yeah, my goes, wife, and if you were my wife, if you were my wife, I'd drink it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right, my. gents let's leave it there before we dismantle any more of our humor um happy Warren, birth- thank you thank you so much for your time oh yeah happy birthday happy to birthday to Amanda. you
1: happy birthday to
0: you happy
1: birthday
2: terrible timing between all of us happy, happy birthday, birthday to, you. <laughs> to you and many more
0: nice all right everybody thank you that is our show good night take care of yourselves (sighs) bye-bye